everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life. I'm Morgan Zupanski, your host, and we are over halfway through the series. That's crazy to me. It has gone by so fast. I hope you all are enjoying the episodes, using the resources, reaching out to people if you're interested in learning more, and looking forward to the episodes ahead. We've talked to a lot of great people so far, and we're just going to keep doing that. Uh, I wanted to take a minute and say thank you for listening so far, and also because we are getting closer to the end. Uh, If there is a specific thing that you want to hear about on this podcast that you haven't heard about yet, please reach out to me. Find me on Instagram, DM me, let me know what you're interested in hearing more about, and I'll see if I can make it happen. This is for all of you, uh, and I have had such a great time. I've learned a little bit in every episode, too. And I know between my network and all of you, there are so many things to talk about. We could talk about things for years, uh, but obviously things need to come to an end. That all being said, use this podcast as a resource, just like all of the people we've been talking to. So again, if there is something you're really excited about that we haven't touched on yet, reach out to me, let me know. I'll see if I can make it happen before we wrap up the series. All right, well, with all of that being said, today we are talking with Ann Hitt. She is a stage manager currently based in Seattle, Washington. We are gonna talk all about working in Seattle, her being a new mom, her SM boot camp that she runs, and so much more. So let's just get started. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, so the first question I like to ask everybody is, what are you working on right now or how are you spending your time right now? Whatever that means to you. Absolutely. Uh, I am doing, I'm in rehearsals right now for Bright Star, um, which just came a couple years from Broadway. So it's now hitting all of the regional theaters and it is such a beautiful piece. Um I love the show that I'm working on right now, which is always nice to be able to say. So true. It's so nice when you get to work on shows or pieces or events or whatever, where you're genuinely enjoying the content, because I feel like sometimes we take jobs because we need to, or because we're working and, you know, we do so many shows as stage managers in our lifetime. Like we're not going to love everything we do. We're going to like a lot of it, but not love it. So sometimes when you get to love something, it's so nice. <laughs> it's so lovely. I mean, I can, you can always find something to love about a show that gets through, you know, the 30 to 90 performances that you do. But when it's the first week, you're already like, oh, no, I could do this for a long time. It just makes the work so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a bit about how you got to where you are today. Let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about how you learned what a stage manager was and how you got started. And then let's just kind of talk through your journey. Absolutely. Uh, I came into stage management 
almost immediately after graduating from college uh, for my undergrad in which I had no idea what a stage manager did. <laughs> I was on the performance track and um, did some arts administration so I could have some, you know, some business skills when I left uh, undergrad. But I had no idea what that stage manager role entailed. So that was really me kind of learning on the job. I had some great directors when I was super young um, who were willing to hire me with no experience and kind of show me what they thought a stage manager did and get me started. Uh, and I just kind of remained as fluid as possible because I didn't know. So I was literally like, if you have a better way of doing this, tell me if this works, if there's a way that works better for you. I'm open to it. And so I learned by what worked well for the people around me and what made them happy and feel supported. Um, and I kept getting hired. Uh, I got hired as a stage manager a lot faster than when I tried to do acting. I'm much better as a stage manager than I was <laughs> in any type of performance area. Um, and it just fit me perfect. So it was work that I enjoyed doing kind of from the beginning. And the more I learned about it, the more excited I got. Uh, I've never kind of been as obsessed about a job or career as stage management. It's it's all I want to do. And so I just found every possible way of um, getting better. And then after stage managing in Seattle for um, probably five years, um, doing a lot of non-union work and working full-time, I decided to go and get my master's because I wanted some type of formal education. I wanted to like fill in the gaps of what I knew and what I worked, uh, what I knew worked well with the places that I worked, but I wanted to know what else there was. Like you don't know what you don't know until you, you know it. Yeah. So uh, I got accepted into the master's program at UC Irvine and it was so great to just be able to, one, be surrounded by a bunch of other stage managers and have a stage management community really for the first time for me. And two, to kind of figure out that I knew more than I thought I did. I was like, oh, no, I, I'm okay. I can, I'm doing all right here. Now let's work on refining the things that I know. Yeah, so grad school. Uh how did you make the decision to go? Did it feel scary leaving Seattle, moving to California? Was it everything you wanted it to be? Like all the grad school questions. <laughs> um, for me, it really was everything I wanted it to be. I was really excited to go to California. I didn't know a whole lot about Irvine, um, but it turns out I was um, talking with my roommate up in Seattle and I said, well, there's a program in Irvine, but I don't really know anything about, like, where Irvine is. It looks really close to L.A. I don't know if I want to live in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was like, it's not in L.A. <laughs> um, and my parents live there. You know that, don't you? And I said, no. And so she told me a lot about the city. Uh, so I had an idea of the um, environment I was going into. 
I went down to visit and really fell in love with the campus and um, the vibe that was a part of that program. And and what I liked most about it is uh, UCI is they really focus on meeting each of their stage managers where they are and help them get where they want to go as opposed to people coming in and them forming them into what they think a stage manager does. Um, they have the philosophy that there are a lot of different paths to becoming a successful stage manager and it's not a one size fits all job. Um, where they have to make you into, you know, well, this is how you respond in this situation. They're like, no, there's a lot of ways to respond. And many of them are right. And some of them are more right for a certain type of person. So let's talk about the type of person that you are and the type of leader that you are and make you as effective and as good as you possibly can be, which I really appreciated because it wasn't trying to make me into someone else. It was, celebrating the things that I already do well and just making them better. Which I think is so important in a grad program. Yeah, it was it was fun because there were also a lot of people um, in the program. The program was diverse in what people wanted to get out of it as well. You know, um, there was one other guy and myself who were, you know, 100% we want to be professional stage managers. We want to be as good as possible. Um, you know, put us in, coach. <laughs> and... And there were a lot of other people who were like, no, I'm here because I want to teach stage management. I want to help educate younger stage managers. Um, there were other people who were like, no, I want to stage manage, but I really want to do it um, for like Cirque. We want to do circus type things and um, big events. And so being able to talk to other stage managers who were passionate about the job but had a different focus was really exciting as well. So then um, after you graduated from UC Irvine, what happened next in your career path? So my final year of grad school, um, I they let you leave for a quarter to do an internship. And I was able to get a PA ship at the Mark Taper and uh, spend a show there. And so when I graduated, they kind of snapped me up for another PA ship. And, um, so I did a couple different jobs, um, or I did a couple different PA positions at different jobs at the Mark Taper. And we decided to move up to LA proper and just kind of see what that was about. Um, you know, what would it be like to live in LA? What would it be like to work in LA? What is the LA theater community like? So once I was in L.A., um, it was a really amazing community. Um, it's something that I thought was really special that hadn't really happened to me before, where there was this attitude of, um, oh, you know what you're doing. Great. I'm going to connect you with a bunch of people. And so it was almost like they were really excited that I already had um, a certain amount of experience and knowledge. And even though I was still non-union at the time, my name got passed around really quickly. And so um, word of mouth really kind of catapulted my career. Um, a year after I graduated, I had the opportunity to go equity 
Um, I was hired as a PSM on a show and they were like, well, it's a union contract. If you want to join the union, you can. And I said, yes, <laughs> I would love to. I had thought about whether or not I wanted to join equity for probably seven years. Um, you know, because I was making money as non-union, but ultimately the theaters I wanted to work at and the scale of theater that I was passionate about, you had to be in the union. And so once I joined it, it just, I was really lucky. It wasn't that uh, weird, awkward time where you're like, well, all of my contacts are non-union and I don't really know the union world yet. So it's going to take a while for them to get to know me. Instead, it was, oh, your union? Fantastic. We're going to bring you in. And so I, within a year, had worked at the Mark Taper, ta Mark Taper the Kirk Douglas, the Geffen, uh, you know, Playhouse, the Wallace. I kind of hit all of the Lort theaters in L.A. and then was lucky enough to be able to come back and do, you know, another round of them for their next season. And... It was so wonderful. Every show and every group of people and every theater that I worked at were so lovely and supportive and nice. Um, I just remember talking with being like, is it possible that you are all so kind and work so hard? And they were like, well, of course. Why wouldn't we be? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny about that is because I I feel very similarly that, like, the L.A. community really um, lifted me up as soon as I met people. And I was like, I really want to do this. And I'm still learning, but, like, I'm invested. And this is what I want to do. And this is where I want to be doing it. I felt like everybody really, like, put their hands out and helped me up. And, like, the community as a whole really supported me. But then, like, I talked to people who don't work in L.A. or aren't from L.A. And they're always like well, LA always seems really quickie and there's not a lot of theater and it doesn't seem like a great place to go. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. And I kind of want to be like, well, then you haven't been in LA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and then, so then you were jumping around town and you were working at all the major theaters in LA, like a total badass. <laughs> um, and, uh, w was it primarily theater that you were working or did you do other stuff too? It was primarily theater. There were a couple different, you know, kind of award show special events that I would do, um, as well, which was really fun to learn that area. Um, you know, so it would be the Ovation Awards. Uh, I worked a couple years and, um, Outfest did uh, an honoring benefit, and so I, I worked with them. Um, I did the Tony Award viewing party. That's the fundraiser for um, Arts Arts Fund. Um, and so learning how to do the special events, I did a little bit of that as well, which was really fun as like a one-off, you know, kind of uh, fill in the gap. If I have a week off, I'm like, oh, great, I'll do this special event. Um, 
And I always found it to be, I, I really loved working on the ovations because it was just all of the theater people in LA getting together for a night to like celebrate each other. And that was always super fun. Yeah, I've, I've done the ovations the last two years and it's kind of like going to an like a cast party almost the way that yeah. it is because it's like everyone kind of knows everyone and if, even if you don't you know someone who knows someone and you've heard about the other people for the whole year and then like everyone just meets everyone and you all like hang out celebrate each other and it's just like a really great cast party it's so chill and so fun <laughs> <laughs> So then um, what made you decide to leave L.A.? So we moved back to Seattle. Um, It had always been the plan to uh, be in L.A. kind of temporarily. And uh, our family is up in Seattle. And my husband and I were wanting to start a family. And we kind of wanted to do that when we were close to, you know, potential grandparents. (laughs) We wanted to be... Um, close to them when we started. So uh, that's, you know, we gave it two years in LA. And and that was also kind of the point where I said, if you don't move me now, I'm never leaving. (laughs) I was like, you gotta, we gotta do it now, or you're never, never getting me out of the city. And, and so we moved back to Seattle, um, and it's been an interesting transition, mostly because the Seattle I worked in before, um, you know, I, I was in the non-union world. I knew all of the non-union theaters and all of those people, and when I came back, now I'm equity, and none of the equity theaters knew me. So it was, it was really like starting over. Um, and, and they're kind of like, who are you? Why? <laughs> you sound vaguely familiar. I think I know your name. Um, and, and so it was an interesting conversation to be like, no, I'm, I'm from Seattle, but I haven't been in Seattle for a little bit, but back now, <laughs> you know, uh, it was a little bit of a, a stutter step to kind of re-enter this community that I had been a part of, but also had been gone for five years. Yeah, well, and I mean, it sounds like you really loved L.A. while you were here. So, I mean, that must have been really hard to leave your support system and your theater community to go, basically to go to a different support system, but like in a totally different way. And then to be, you know, kind of starting over and also starting a family at the same time, which is awesome. Yep. (laughs) But also (laughs) with like all the life changes. (laughs) Yeah, let's, uh, we've also, for a short time, we're looking at buying a house, uh, so we had moved to Seattle, um, I, you know, it's kind of like changing careers, because you have a whole new market of, of theaters, so you kind of have to start over in a certain respect, um, we were looking for houses, we were trying to get pregnant, <laughs> we, um, tried to do all of the major life changes all at the same time, <laughs> Well, when it rains, it pours, right? That's right. I was like, you know what? I'm a stage manager. Bring it. <laughs> I love it, though. Why not, right? Just do it. <laughs> That's always, right. like, my thing. It's like, I'm like, just go for it. We'll see what happens. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you talked a little bit about this. So, like, you, when you were in Seattle before, you were non-union, and you were kind of in that circuit, and then you left and became equity, and now you're back in Seattle 
um, and you're kind of starting over in this new community. So like, I mean, at least for me, like, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, but like, I have always kind of been advised to not be in Seattle as a stage manager. And like, you know, people say that about LA too. And so I'm always like, take it with a grain of salt because I actually love working in LA, but some people will tell you that LA sucks and there's no theater here, which is completely untrue. But so I've always been told, and I've heard a lot of rumors, I guess, that like Seattle is a really hard place to work as a stage manager if you are not, you know, there all the time and get started there and then just stay there because it's just harder to get into the theater scene. But I don't know if you can chime in on that at all and talk about your experience with that. Yeah, I mean, a a lot of what you said has also been my experience. Um, And I think there's a couple different reasons that. Um, one is that Seattle is just a smaller city than LA. Um, and, and they have, you know, several Lort theaters as well. Um, the, they have a ton of non-union small to mis- mid-sized theaters, um, which I think are, are pretty strong. But as far as like the equity work, it's pretty competitive just because there are less jobs. Um, and, and there's a few more, you know, tours or co-pros coming through, but a lot of times that means that, you know, on co-pros, the stage manager may be from the other theater and that's a stage management job that is not available for an equity person here. Um, and, and so that can be hard just because there's because there's a little bit less work than L.A., people are a little bit more like there's only so many jobs and there's a lot of stage managers. So there's a certain amount of competition um, that happens, you know, in the nicest way possible. <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, totally. But but the flip side of that is um, the theaters up here are incredibly loyal to the people that have worked for them, which is really nice once you're on the inside. You know, if they like working with you, they kind of continue to give you work. And if you are a PA or an intern at a theater, they will kind of honor that commitment that you have given to them when you were um, younger in your career and... um, they'll invest in that person and kind of raise them up. And, and so that's really nice, but it also can be really hard when you are coming to a city and they kind of already have the people that they like. Um, you kind of have to, uh, be available for those situations where someone has moved on to a different project and now all of a sudden they need to fill, um, The other hard part is a lot of hiring in Seattle happens kind of, they hire for a whole season at one time. So it's not like that rolling work um, of LA where they, they cast, you know, a week or two before rehearsal start because, you know, who knows who's going to drop to go do a TV show or a movie. Um, LA kind of has to, to hire right before, um, the show starts because they don't know who's going to drop. So they want to make, they want people who are actually available. Um, Seattle is, you know, they're like, you know, your whole year planned out. And so when I moved up here, we moved after all of the hiring for that year had been done. 
And so I was kind of like, well, shoot, uh, I, am I just unemployed for a year? <laughs> and I lucked out because one of the theaters uh, that's up here had just changed uh, their agreement with equity. And so on cast sizes that were over a certain number, they had to have a second equity stage manager. Um on the deck. And so they had already hired for their season, but because of this change, they had to hire two more positions, you know, an extra stage manager on two different shows. And so when I had reached out to them to introduce myself and give them my resume, I, we had an interview and they hired me for those right away just because they needed to. But it was absolutely kind of a curveball that they weren't expecting that worked out in my favor. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's a lot of stuff like that where you kind of, um, you see how it's going to shake out, but at a certain point in the year, you're kind of like, well, did I just miss it? <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and there's some theaters, uh, that are on a different season schedule. And so there's kind of two hiring points in the year, but it's a different type of stress, um, for the stage management community up here because you're all kind of waiting for that email or that phone call um, for like six weeks, you know, is this, is this when I'm going to get work? Am I, have I missed it? What's happening? You know, have you gotten work? Have you gotten a contract? What's your season look like? Do you know? Um, and so there's uh, this buzz in the spring um, as people are kind of waiting to see how their year will shake out. Um, and there's still opportunities that pop up, you know, uh, a year ago, I had one show on my docket and it was just like, well, <laughs> I better come up with a plan B. Um, and, and then a month later, someone, you know, rotated, they had an opportunity to do a show out of town. And so they took that and the theater said, Hey, you just worked with us and we really enjoyed it. We have this sudden opening. Will you come back? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. Um, and the same kind of thing this summer. I was supposed to have this summer off. And um, the stage manager for Bright Star was, you know, got a new job um, in the Caribbean. <laughs> so oh, I was sure. like, well, I no can't blame deal. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I get to do Bright Star this summer. Um, so, so there is still a little bit of churn in the community where you can get work. Uh, but it is a little bit more stressful in that regard because there's a certain feeling that, you know, once you've missed it, now you're unemployed for a year. So it can be hard to have stage management be your only source of income. A lot of people um, have to supplement with some other type of work. Yeah, I mean, just listening to you talk about it, I guess just because, like, the dynamic is so different from what I'm used to in LA, like I get so I'm instantly like, Oh, wow, that sounds really nerve wracking to me. <laughs> you know, it, it's a different rhythm, you know, and and for a while, I still had the you know, before I got used to the LA way of hiring, that was nerve wracking, where mm -hmm. I just, you know, I always thought I was on the verge of disaster. <laughs> um, and, and then I figured out the rhythm, and then it wasn't so bad. Um, and, and I think because the rhythm in Seattle happens for a year at a time, it's, it can take a little bit longer to get used to. Um, 
but you know, right now I am booked until next March, the end of next March, which is really kind of nice to know. I don't know what's going to happen after next March, (laughs) but I have plenty of time to figure that out. And one, one nice thing about kind of this lull that I've in a little bit is it gave me the opportunity to explore different um, stage management goals that I hadn't had time to do in LA. Um, I had, and, and a perfect example of that is the SM boot camp that I created. And I was so busy in LA, I had developed it, but I hadn't really had a chance to, to run the program in a real way. And because of my schedule in Seattle, I do have those gaps and I have that opportunity um, to pour time and energy into this other program that's about educating young stage managers. And I never would have had that opportunity if I was still in LA. That kind of would have always, it would have always been a dream that I wanted to do that I never had time for. So it's been really lovely to be able to, um, watch this program grow and see things that I want to do differently and things I want to incorporate and talk with the community about what they think is valuable for young stage managers to know and things that they go, we'd love them to be educated in this area, but no one's doing that. And we don't know how that can be accomplished. And I'm like, Oh, I can help with that. I add a section in my boot camp. And so that's been really fun to uh, continue to refine that program and um, see what works and what doesn't and how I can jam as much as possible into one week. Yeah. So let's talk about SM Bootcamp. Um, Let's, I want to go like big picture for a minute. Can you just talk about what it is and how it got started and how it's maybe changed from when it started to what it is now? Absolutely. Uh, so SM Bootcamp, uh, you know, stands for Stage Management Bootcamp. <laughs> and it's a week-long intensive workshop. Um, basically, is the program that I searched for desperately when I was a young stage manager. Um, I had just finished school and didn't want to go back to school, but didn't know what a stage manager did. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I learn what paperwork is, what the expectation is, uh, how, what are all of the parts of the job, because it just seemed so massive. And I, I looked around for different educational opportunities, and they were all like, well, if you want to go back to school, and I was like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you can go and get your master's. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. Um, I just wanted to take, you know, and I had a full-time job. So I wanted to take a week vacation and go somewhere and dive into it. Um, and just talk to other stage managers. And I couldn't find anything like that, which was disappointing because I feel like there are, you know, director labs that are week long and there's, um, acting classes everywhere. And there's, you know, even, uh, lighting design seminars out there. And I didn't see anything for stage managers. And so when I went to grad school, um, another reason I chose UCI was they open up what the thesis 
can be. And uh, one of the things as they were describing kind of the list of options was a business plan. And I thought, this is perfect. I can, I can actually develop the program that I wanted so badly and see if I can pass along the things that stage managers really need to know that are all those kind of unspoken expectations, but also here's all these paperwork examples, different ways of doing things, um, and and just the practicalness of what does a stage management resume really look like, and how do you get work, and how do you talk about stage management in a way that uh, is going to get you work. So SM Bootcamp compiles all of these things um, into a five, it's five days, um, and the first couple times that I did it, I really experimented with uh, how long can you sit in a room and talk about stage management before your eyes start to get glassy um, <laughs> because your head is just full of like, okay, so we've talked about leadership and we've talked about resumes and we've talked about what to do during the rehearsal and we've talked about what directors are going to expect and like, oh my gosh, my brain is so full, I can't take in information anymore. <laughs> so um, I found that sweet spot, I think, and and so we we meet every day for five days um, for as long as possible, and um, I send them home to kind of decompress and then do some reading. Um, it's all very discussion-based. There's a lot of um, conversations and activities, um, you know, because stage management is a relatively stationary job with, like, bouts of being really active and so that's kind of also what the boot camp is. I think you bring up such a good point too about like there are so many acting classes and directors labs and you know like conferences for other types of people but they're really you know except for what the SMA does there's really nothing for stage managers out in the world so you know I've always thought this was such a great idea to do like a mini SM boot camp because like yeah that's there's nothing like it. Well and I I keep it really fluid because I want it to match the people that are attending. And so like part of, we have um, a stage management Q and a panel where stage managers from the community come and, you know, just answer questions. So that way people that attend have another voice besides just mine. I, I am really upfront about, these are the things that I think, and here's what I've experienced. But my way is not the end-all, be-all way of stage managing. There's a lot of ways to be successful. And here are several people that you can talk to. Um, and I try and tailor our guest speakers to the dreams of the people in the course. Like if they're like, no, I really like being non-union. It gives me... Um, more freedom to do the experimental type of work that I'm passionate about, then I get non-union stage managers who have, you know, are career non-union people because of the type of work they get to do. And that's really inspired by my journey and also how the program at UCI works where there's not one path to being successful. Um, you don't have to take the boot camp and then go to grad school and then join the union and then you'll be a real stage manager. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
I want to go back to an entirely different conversation, and uh, I don't even really know what to talk about, so maybe you can help me lead this conversation. But, like, as a mother who's stage managing, I don't think I've really talked about being a new mother on any of my other episodes, and, like, I don't have any kids, so I don't have perspective, but, like, as someone who's working as a stage manager and a mom, like, if you have anything that you want to talk about or hit on... Oh, man, it's so hard. (laughs) And, you know, I think that I also, you know, okay, (laughs) we found out that we were pregnant. Sorry, we found out that I was pregnant. Let's be clear. (laughs) Um, About a month after we moved to Seattle. So I had been hired um, by a theater for the two big shows. Um, and then found out I was pregnant and then found out that I was due in the middle of performances. Uh, and so I had to call them and be like, I'm still really excited about, uh, the show. (laughs) I've had a conflict pop up (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, they, I have to give them credit. They have been absolutely amazing. Um, they, got me a sub. They were like, no problem. We can, um, we'll take you for as long as we can get you. And then when you have to leave, we'll have a sub, um, ready to take over your track and they'll finish out the rest of the run. Um, and when I had, uh, our little boy and was nervous about kind of jumping into another big go, uh, because their contracts run for a really long time. It's about a four month contract. Uh, which is great, um, but it's a long time to kind of be away. And so I, I talked to the production manager and said, I'm a little nervous about going and committing to a four-month-long contract when I'll have a four-month-old at the time. Yeah. And, and so he was able to kind of split that contract up as well. And he said, okay, what if we get a stage manager to cover the rehearsals and the first part of the run and then you come in for the second part of the run. And I said, that sounds amazing because I can do five weeks. That's not a problem. Um, it was just, you know, kind of the whole process was a long time to be away. Um, and so they've been really incredible and supportive. So I've been really lucky to get to work with that theater. And all theaters have been supportive of me when I needed to pump and have um, time to do that. They worked their schedules so that I could, you know, I had that ability and gave me a room. And, um, I never got any type of like passive aggressive, like, Oh, you have to do that now. Um, so I've been really grateful for the support that I've gotten from the theaters I've worked at. Not to say that being a mom and a stage manager isn't insanely hard. Um, (laughs) you're gone a lot. The stage management schedule is demanding on its own. You know, it's just having a relationship can be a struggle sometimes. You know, I, I really lucked out with my husband who, um, understands the theater world. And so is supportive of the crazy hours that I work. Um, but then we also have a newborn, the newborn is less understanding. (laughs) He, he doesn't care that I have to be up in three hours. He's like, no, we're going to, 
you know, I've never gotten so little sleep as being a mom and stage managing a show. Uh, and, and so it's been quite an adjustment. It also makes the hard parts of stage management harder in that, um, you know, when you're working with a difficult group of people, um, or not even a difficult group of people, if you just have one difficult person in the mix, there's that kind of like, I'm, I'm dealing with you instead of being with my family and is this worth it? And, um, it's harder to take those contracts that don't pay very much because you have to pay for childcare, which is insanely expensive. And so you're kind of like, I'm the sacrifice is a lot bigger. You're giving up either time with your family, um, time with the baby, or you're giving up financial resources. And, and so it can be really easy to be like, is this working? Is that worth it? You know, is the, the payoff what I need it to be um and so that's something that I'm absolutely kind of through uh one thing that I discovered in in having a baby is that I am not stay-at-home mom material I I had um really bad postpartum depression and anxiety afterwards um more on the anxiety side than the depression side but that was you know, for a state who's already type A, my anxiety just went through the roof. And and so to try and, like, balance that and being at home with the baby kind of 24-7, uh, it, was, it was a really big struggle. Um, and then when I went back for my next contract, I discovered, I was like, oh, if I'm away a little bit, my time at home is so much higher quality. Um, I, I was able to like, it was really important for me to have that work life balance where I worked a little bit and was an adult. And then I came home and then I was, I could be mom because I wasn't stuck in this, like, what am I going to do with a newborn? (laughs) They can only be so active. And so I just, because my anxiety was so high, I would just sit and stare at the baby and go, I should be doing something. I should be uh, engaging your brain somehow. I should be playing with you. I should be making you happy. Um, and not only is a newborn kind of not always ready for that, but we also had a newborn who was colicky and who was uh, what they call a happy spitter, which just means he spit up all the time. <laughs> there was no such thing as like, oh, well, you just burp the baby after you feed him and then he's fine. It was like hours later, he would just, you everywhere and then giggle <laughs> it's like well <laughs> so we were you know always covered and throw up and he was crying for hours at a time um and so that was a lot to deal with um and so as he's gotten older it's gotten a lot easier because he's grown out of the colicky stage he no longer spits up um there's more interaction uh, but the biggest thing for me was just kind of acknowledging that I'm a better mom when I work, when I have, when I leave for a little bit during the day and then come back to him. Um, we have a higher quality of relationship um, than if I'm just 
in the room with him all day long, seven days a week. Um, so that was a thing that, that I discovered, but you know, on the flip side, it's really hard to leave, which was an interesting kind of like struggle of desperately wanting to work and knowing that I'm better when a better mom when I'm working. Um, but also being like, but I missed the baby. Can you send me <laughs> pictures and give me updates? And you know, all of that. And that was also just part of that postpartum anxiety is, uh, obsessively tracking everything about him to make sure that he was healthy and surviving and being cared for. So it, it was a lot, it was a lot in the mix. And it was so funny just because I feel like all of my friends who had had kids before me, they were all like, our oh, baby's so easy, just super chill, only cries <laughs> when he's hungry. Like, and so I was like, oh, great, babies are easy. <laughs> and then I got the baby that's like, let me tell you something about babies. Oh, no. We do what we want. <laughs> Um, so I guess like one question I have for you is like perspective is so key, right? So looking back on, I guess first specifically your time from like when you found out that you were pregnant to now, like if you could go back and tell you're about to be a mom self, like these are the things that you should prepare for, or like, you know, this is something that you should do for yourself now that's really going to help you later. Like for any of the people listening out there that maybe are about to be moms or are thinking about it, if you have some like key advice maybe for them. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that what I was, and this is going to be specific to, you know, a certain type of mom. It's not every mom. Um, but moms that struggle with postpartum, um, for me, it was hard to tell, at first, what was postpartum symptoms and what was something that they just call baby blues. Um, and so, like, because they'll say, well, sometimes you have postpartum depression, but sometimes, you know, you're just suffering from baby blues. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? Uh, and, and the baby blues, to the, the best way that I understood it was in the days immediately after giving birth, your hormones are all over the place. And so you can have a big dip um, and where you just feel understandably drained, exhausted, sad, um, and in this kind of bummed out um, space. Uh, what I learned at my six-week six checkup was baby blues last about three to five days. Um, anything past that, you know, is postpartum symptoms. Um, and so I waited six weeks um, for my checkup to kind of talk to my doctor about that. I really wish that I had talked to my doctor before then, that the next week, I, I know, I wish I had reached out and said, hey, I'm really struggling with um, anxiety. And you know, it wasn't, it really wasn't so much the depression part of it, but the anxiety was the biggest hurdle for me. And to get on top of that faster. And I was on the lookout, you know, I was, I was kind of like, is, is it one? Is it the other? I was um, absolutely 
ready for the fact that what I had could be postpartum. Um, but I, I didn't know the time frame. I didn't know when to be like, okay, now it is, now I need to address it. And so I wish I had known that so that I could have addressed it a little bit earlier. Um, the other thing that was really helpful um, that my counselor explained to me was that um, postpartum symptoms can manifest for like the first full year. And so just because you kind of can come through one period and feel better doesn't mean that you're not going to have another flare up of hormones um, in three months. And so knowing that there are um, times, you know, a certain, there are markers after birth where you can say there's typically a flare up here. So if all of a sudden things are great and now things are bad again, um, that's normal. And for me, I had, um, you know, gone through counseling and had kind of felt better. I was like, no, I got this. I have my coping skills. Um, I know how to handle it when um, things get hard. And then I did a show and it was great. Um, it was just a quick, you know, four week sub position. Um, and so the show was already up and running and I was just doing performances and it was amazing and life was great. And then the show closed and I kind of went into my normal kind of like, Oh, the show closed bum. I, I'm feeling kind of bummed out. And then it just kept going lower and lower and I couldn't pull myself out of it. Um, and so I went back to counseling and said, this is not how I normally do things. Um, and, and through talking with, uh, the therapist, you know, she was like, no, that's, you're on track for when the big spikes of hormones hit you. And, um, and so she gave me a couple areas that I could circle on my calendar, um, to go, if, if this month is really hard, it's, it's my hormones, um, to understand what was happening in my brain chemistry and in my body was really helpful to know that it wasn't just me, um, being a failure at like, Oh, well I solved postpartum and now I, and now I ruined it again and I can't do it. You know, <laughs> that it's not my fault. Um, that, that these are really natural things that people just don't talk about. Thank you for your honesty and just for the genuine conversation, by the way, I really appreciate it. Um, and I think a lot of people are good. It's going to feel really nice to hear this conversation and I'm sure a lot of people will relate to it and will things will pop up for them out of it. And then like big picture question, if you could give your baby stage manager self one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? Um, man, I know it's a hard question, isn't it? Like, part of me just wants to be like, you're going to be okay. This is, <laughs> this is what you were born to do, and you don't have to second guess it. Um, you're going to be really good. Yeah. I, you know, that I think that I would have loved to have heard that from my future self. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It would have been a nice comfort. And all of those moments where you're like, wait a minute, am I good at this? I can't tell. <laughs> Right, right. Or like, am I, am I just fooling everyone? And the answer is yes, you're fooling everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, to know that 
someday I'm going to be um, someone that other stage managers look up to, which every time someone says anything close to that, I just feel so honored because I still, there's a part of me that is still going, but there's got to be a way I could be better, you know? I think that that's a part um, in a lot of stage managers. You want to be as good at your job as possible. And so I think that if I had someone that was just like, not only are you going to be good at this, but you're going to be happy and you're going to be a support system for other stage managers, that just would have blown my baby stage manager mind. <laughs> uh, so... I think those are all my questions, but I want to cover some um, logistic type things before we wrap up. Great. Uh, for anybody interested in your SM boot camp, how do they learn more and sign up for it? Oh, yeah. Um, we have a webpage, uh, smbootcamp.com, um, where you can see all of, you know, a breakdown of what's involved in the course and, um, you know, photos from past boot camps and uh, reviews from people who have taken it. Uh, there's also a Facebook fan page uh, that is SM Bootcamp. Um, we have a whole brand thing. Um, and, and you can always you know, message me or email me through the website and ask specific questions um, because it's, it's me. <laughs> I'm going to answer them. <laughs> Uh, and then if people want to reach out to you directly to either just tell you how much they love this episode or to ask more questions, is reaching out to you through your website the best way to do that as well? Yeah, that's a great way of doing it. It goes it goes right to my phone. So um, I'll be able to reach you and respond back. Um, and, and know that I'm open to, you know, answering questions. You don't have to... Um, attend a boot camp in order to use me as a resource for information. You know, I had a mom uh, email me and her daughter is interested in being a stage manager and she's about to graduate high school. And so we emailed back and forth because her mom wanted to buy her a stage management kit. And she was like, here's a couple ideas that I have, but is this practical? And so I was able to give feedback and give recommendations. Um, and so I, what's important to me is like, creating that stage management support system and uh, not having it be a, well, yes, I'll support you if you do this thing for me. So if you have a question um, or thoughts or just quandaries, feel free to reach out to me through my website. I'm happy to um, guide the best I can. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah, this is really lovely. Well, that concludes another episode of Hashtag SM Life. Uh, by now you know the drill, but just in case, a few things before you go. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Anne Hitt and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon.